Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 333. Pucker up. story lined up for us i'm excited what do you got wow what a horrible horrible setup you know exactly what i don't have <sighs> what can i think of a story um steve bruce getting called a cabbage head was kind of funny <laughs> like, if we, uh, did you who see called, that with who called him a cabbage head so uh, okay so obviously the news i kick into it i guess obviously the news about um steve bruce being well not sacked but leaving by mutual consent and everyone has decided to really rip into this guy so he just hit a thousand games as manager he leaves by mutual consent and he's been basically verbally abused on social media and just thrown insults left right and center and obviously one of the best ones is cabbage head and he responded to that directly saying it's tough to be called a cabbage head <laughs> you know you know what isn't tough though getting paid eight million pounds to leave your job that bit isn't tough i tell you what if if i, if I can get pay, I'll, I'll leave this podcast and get called a cabbage head for eight million pounds i'll just throw that offer out there so that was his severance eight million i didn't know that Supposedly, that's just been his payout. Yeah, eight million pounds. That might be the worst thing people have said about your head, Eddie. <laughs> be a big cabbage. Could, f- could feed a family of six. You could take that to like a farmer's market and win and win contests yeah. with that cabbage. Biggest, biggest cabbage in the state. <laughs> just as long as he keeps his hair cut from before. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as long as I come as a as a seventeenth, sixteenth century king. But uh, the yeah, no, I mean, I feel a little bit sorry for him. He wasn't doing an incredibly good job, but he also wasn't doing that bad of a job. And I just don't like the takeover and the manager losing their job immediately. I think. And also what you've seen, I don't know if you, Sam Maxima came out and spoke really positively about Steve Bruce, said he was a very honorable person and treated all the players with so much respect and always been a man of his word. So not a great sign for the new owners to have their, arguably their only star player be coming out publicly, not supporting the ex-manager, but speaking positively about him. I think, and look, whoever, there's a whole list of, names that are more glamorous than steve bruce and i mean that's the thing right you steve bruce is firmly in the sam allardyce category of just unexciting but consistently employed football managers well they've both hit a thousand uh and for bruce it could be a thousand and out right because he di- he did his thousands game against spurs then gets sacked so He's he's um, also yeah. said it. He said it might be his last job. So, I mean, and here's the thing: is if I'm him, I'm even extra delighted. We've had conversations before. I don't like. I would. I would. I would be. I would struggle to work for the current ownership, given the strong ties 
if not completely 100% direct ties to a regime that has is responsible for a number of consistent human right and rights infringements. So I, I think for him, I mean, the only question there would be, would you see the 8 million pounds as sort of blood money? But I, I would be pleased to be gone. I mean, he's, and he's already got his next occupation. I mean, he's clearly set up to open up a farm with Steve Bruce's cabbage patch and just sell fresh local organic fruits and vegetables. Oh, cabbage patch mine. kids. Yeah, cabbage patch kids. <laughs> no, he's not selling kids, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess if you edit out the cabbage patch cut bit, that doesn't sound great. Did you also see that the um, all the Newcastle fans have been dressing in kind of like faux Arabic, like the the um, the kind of uh, I don't know what you would call it, but um, they they came out and they basically said, "Could you not turn up to the um, uh, St James's Park with any of the attire?" Oh, that's or, a red rag like, to of a what you're impersonating. That's <laughs> like, a red rag to all, a ball. All you're doing is just inviting like home crowds from other stadia right and it's just weird that they were like oh they took it as a positive gesture but people will find find it offensive at home like have they not seen a newcastle game like most people are basically naked there <laughs> like it again yeah, it just doesn't it, it doesn't if they were trying right. to if they were trying to pick a club that they thought had the same moral standards or cultural standards as their own home country then they couldn't have got further from that than going to newcastle that being said i mean that in a compliment to newcastle because in newcastle women are allowed to drive homosexuality isn't punished and journalists aren't beheaded so you know that's that is a compliment to to geordies but definitely just from the drinking overall attitude of geordies compared with saudis they really picked if they want to try and have a club that stands for the same things that they do, they've made a massive mistake there because that's going to take decades, centuries yeah. to try and transform Newcastle into something that somehow represents that those that, those sets of standards. It's almost like the start of a joke, right? Isn't it? Like a Geordie and a Saudi walk into a bar because it's just like the polar opposite of what you would expect. Uh, yeah, I, uh, to be honest, Saudi not that? walk into the bar. Well, he's got a he's got a vest on. <laughs> so, uh, along similar lines, did you see there was a women's uh, soccer team in the states, the Portland Thorns, that covered up their endorsement on their jersey with tape, like Ted Lasso did? Did either of you see that? Uh, Who was the sponsor? Know, but uh... it was. Um, I think it was like a CBD company that has been under some sort of allegations or something about the way the company is run. So they did the Ted Lasso and taped it up and went out and played with tape over the sponsor. Can we just say this isn't the Ted Lasso because Pappas Cisse did that in 2013 in real life when he didn't want playing for Newcastle when he didn't want Wonga because he thought that that didn't match his uh religious beliefs to have sort of a money lender on the front of his uh shirt so it has been team? done 
no, but I, and I'm sure when I'm saying Cisse, I'm sure other players have done it as well. So I'm not obviously I give I know why you're saying it is the Ted Lasso thing, but it is very much something in the very least inspired by real life events. But I'm sure that those people saw Ted Lasso and decided we should do that too. Well, um, speaking of sponsors, did you see the Premier League clubs um, uh, with sponsorship deals? They've kind of not banned it, but they they voted to stop uh, clubs having a sponsorship deal with a conflict of interest with their owners. So what they're saying to Newcastle basically is that you're not allowed any sort of Saudi-backed company or anything that the owners have an interest in or a financial interest in are not allowed to sponsor Newcastle, which I, I found quite rich coming from Man City, right? Because that's the reason they got around FPP was the, um, sorry, FFP, was because of the way that they enacted you know a me. sponsorship deal with their Qatari back club. And it's then a bit rich to be coming into the Saudi one with Newcastle and going like, nope, can't happen. That's against the spirit. You can't, you can't fudge the financial fair play like that. I, I found it a bit rich, but it's kind of good to see a slight backlash, even if it's probably a bit futile against the Saudi takeover. Yeah. Uh, look, there's so many loopholes that could be exploited in the world of football. There's nothing to stop, for example, Zora's interested in me. So get a player, if you want to flaunt the financial fair play rules, get a player to sign a very cheap contract with the club, but then get him to sign a massive sponsorship deal with some subsidiary that you own. So you go, hey, look, the club's going to officially be paying you £100,000 a year, but this company in Saudi Arabia is going to pay you £60 million a year for the next six years. Uh, you know, and this is conditional on you playing still for Newcastle at the time. You know, it's always interesting, and I'm sure there are people circumnavigating the rules constantly. It would be nice. I mean, th th there's a lot of things that American sports get wrong. I and I do think America bash <laughs> part one wow. of this episode. Oh, first of all, you just blew out our ears, Frank. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> America yeah so like don't worry no one's gonna hear the rest of what I say because they're all deaf now but um, no there's a lot of things that get wrong one of the things I do like and you have it in cricket too the idea of being centrally contracted and then having uh, some visibility on exactly how much players are getting paid what the nature of their contracts are at the same time then having salary caps in place. To me, that just, if you really want to have a sport function in a healthy manner, that's the only way forward. It's the only way forward at some point in football because what we're basically showing is clubs will bankrupt themselves, like Barcelona, trying to get ahead. So at a certain, some, point, some point in time, someone has to step in and say, right, we're going to have a salary cap. We're going to have... We're going to have to know exactly how much each player earns. And from there, we know that you'll be responsible. Sorry to keep segueing, but speaking of wages, did you see, uh, I think it was Holland's agent came out today and said he wants to make 500000 a week is the salary that he's looking for for next year. Yeah. 
That's just yeah. The, like when, when you see the total number, I forget what, what was the total number. Uh, like oh, 26 million. 30, 30 million, something like that. Yeah. That didn't seem as crazy to me, but when you see 500,000 pounds a week, it's just fucking mind blowing. No, I do think, I think that's true. I, people lose their minds, but they're obviously, LeBron James earns more than that, right? You know, yeah. Lewis Hamilton earns more than that. There's plenty of athletes out there who are earning way more, but I do agree with you when you put it in the weekly, just because it seems impossible. I think in my mind, I could spend 26 million pounds in a year, especially so 13 million post tax, right? I definitely think I could spend that. But then when I think, could I spend 250,000 pounds post tax a week? Then I go, no, I couldn't do that. So that is, it does change your mentality completely, even though it's yeah. exactly the same sum of money. And also I think too, because I mean, at least I get paid every other week. So then I can like equate that to like, all right, so my paycheck every other Friday comes in and that's how much less than him. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like <laughs> for, for obviously comparable work. Right. But did yeah. you, um, but I mean, that, that just kind of feeds into kind of how crazy football's got, right? So Pedri at Barcelona signed the contract where his buyout was a billion euros. And yeah, but, but that's... It, I know it seems a bit stupid, but it's the idea that, look, someone's going to be earning nearly 500 no. grand a week. I guess Barcelona think that there's a potential for a billion transfers. No, they don't. But by Span they have to put a buyout clause in their in Spanish contracts. That's why they then put a billion in because they got to put something in. So that's just him. That's more him showing a commitment to Barcelona because if he sticks a 150 million pound buyout clause or 200 euro buyout, million euro buyout clause, there is the possibility that someone triggers it. So it's not anyone saying we think there's going to be players being sold for a billion pounds in the future. It is Barcelona saying we don't want to sell him and him saying I have no intention of leaving. So my buyout clause is going to be simply unapproachable. Surely 750s unapproachable. <laughs> do, you see my, do you see my point? It's just like, I, I just feel there's something a bit more kind of symbolic with it. I just think that well, maybe they it's... think within the next five to seven years that you could have a transfer of that fee. I mean, we're no. at what, two, 200 million no. at the moment? A billion pound transfer. Well, you we've gone up from what in ten years? We've gone up from what, like thirty, no, to two hundred million. No, no, no. In ten years, no. We had players. I mean, Rio Ferdinand was bought in what two thousand and two for what was that thirty eight million pounds? I, I mean, thirty. Yeah. Uh, so, in the in the space of ten years, transfer fees have probably quadrupled. Let's say. And if they do that again, we're at 200 million. They quadruple Eddie. Where but are we? Finances don't, <laughs> finances don't work like that. They so. do when you're, when you're Newcastle. But no, because financial fair play, because financial fair play rules would not allow that to happen unless we're going to scrap those rules. Because, and even Newcastle, if they start spending, I mean, they're worth what? 330 billion pounds, something like that. Yeah. Give or take. Even if, if they start spending a billion pounds on players, even they're going to feel it because that is their net worth is going to drop pretty rapidly. <laughs> Just paying with barrels of oil. Now, <laughs> admittedly, I mean, can you can you guess the top five transfer fees? 
so Neymar was like 220 no, or something like that. Yeah, Neymar was talking euros, by the way. Neymar was talking euros. I don't know what these are, to be honest with you. I'm assuming it's US. Yeah. Neymar's one. Okay, I, Mbapp- the order is the same. The number will be a little different. Um, yeah, Mbappe's oh, two. Mbappe's two. Griezmann? No. When he went from Madrid to Barcelona? No. No. Um, are you confirming? You seem to have... Yeah, are we, are we just two, saying right? names? Yeah. Neymar okay. won for, for 222 million euros. And then Mbappe's two for 180. Two, what? And two for one? Oh, number two <laughs> in the list. Two. By, okay. by two it's for 180? <laughs> yes. Okay. Million. Second for, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Griezmann was five, by the way. Yes. So you're right. At 120. Okay. Ooh. Uh, well, it's not Premier League then, because that was Grealish. So they've got to be. Yeah, well, same. Grealish was 100 million pounds. Yeah. So. so Spain yep. or France. Uh, Coutinho. Coutinho yes, would be Coutinho up there. Coutinho is number three. Uh, that's a good bet. 145. And you're missing one more mm. playing in Spain. Jao Felix? Yes. Uh, good show. The last, the highest one before 2010 was Ronaldo in 2009. And that was for 94. So in 10 years, it's gone from 94 Double. million to 220. But it hasn't really, right? Because the Neymar transfer was in 2007. No, no, no. But here's the thing is, because the Neymar transfer was in 2017. So you can't try and, if anything, it's trending down now. Because now the record-breaking transfers, people are losing their minds when they're 100 million pounds on uh, Grealish or Grealish. near to 100 million pounds on Lukaku. Those are the big transfer fees now. So it's not as if it's this is not some every year transfer fees are getting higher. They peaked in 2017, 2018, which is when basically almost all of those record breaking transfers occurred. And then now, and maybe when the everything after the pandemic settles down and the financial world is a little bit more stable and football clubs are more certain about what their income is going to be. Maybe they'll go back up again, but I don't think we're going to see the Neymar. I mean, I'll put it this way. If you ask me, will the record transfer fee be broken in the next five years? I would very firmly bet no. Do you think without Haaland's buyout clause, do you think he would have broken it? No, because if then someone would have done it this summer. I mean, even look at Harry Kane. City were unwilling to spend what Spurs wanted on Harry Kane, and that was well under the world record transfer fee. So I don't think, I just think that the money isn't there. And I think a lot of clubs, Newcastle, I guess, are the most likely. I think even PSG, City, all of their owners have kind of realized there has to be a somewhat sensible approach to how much they spend because A, it doesn't guarantee success, and B, it's not sustainable, even if you are incredibly wealthy. 
I mean, not that it's putting their own financial future at risk, but just the club itself. It's just not, it can't work. So I think Holland would have approached that kind of fee, but it's clear if, if someone, I think Dortmund, if someone had turned around and said, we'll spend 200 million pounds on Holland this summer, Dortmund would have said yes. Ooh, I've got a sure. good follow-up trivia question for you, Paul. What player has the highest cumulative transfer fees? Oh, Lukaku must be kind of close. Is that your final answer? I'll say it's my final answer. It is Lukaku at two hundred and ninety-four million, and Neymar's second at two forty-six. So pretty much <laughs> just his one transfer. <laughs> just his one transfer. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much the one deal. And Ronaldo's third at two hundred four. Actually, this was a discussion that we were having. I was having with friend of the podcast, Ollie. Uh, so he'll be interested. Just yesterday, we were having this discussion for a reason that's going to sound super cool, but in our football manager file that we have together, he sold a player and then bought him back. And his cumulative transfer fees for that player, who he'd also bought from my club originally, is now up to something like 430 million pounds. So I said, that must be either the record or approaching the record. And then we sort of discussed what do we think the record is? Now we're 30 years in the future, so we weren't actually looking at real records, but you, know. <laughs> you were playing the game 30 years in the future, and then you just come back to do the podcast and present Pretty day. much, yeah. Yeah. But somehow <laughs> I don't get all my picks right. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he clearly you know, hasn't, he hasn't seen the billion pound the transfer. It's the, back to the future conundrum. Wait, would getting my picks right alter the is the power is this podcast that powerful? Yeah, if I say the Eddie, right, Eddie, Eddie, it's cause it's cause and effect. Well, that's yeah. That's anyway. That's separate. I could get my picks wrong and be getting all my bets right. Well, no, no, no. It could be like the no, no. Hang on, Eddie. It's like the by yourself in a Paris apartment. We know that's not the case. Wait, hold on. Whoa, oh that, my god whoa, oh wow what my life sounds so sad oh my i love this i love so, how the butterfly effect has really just screwed you over like you got your picks oh wrong dear. so you oh went no. out and drank a lot and i live in paris one of the world's most desirable cities <laughs> sorry mr arizona i'm not nailing life oh tucson it's not even the best one <laughs> no exactly how many professional sports teams do you have where you live frank I love the idea of like London, we have the Paris. Worst college football team in America. <laughs> Not a professional sports team. That's actually brilliant. The idea of like London, Paris. Most people would say New York. We're going to have to have t shirts made that do the like London, Paris, Tucson. <laughs> I would love to wear that. And then they might sell well in Tucson. People won't be listeners of the podcast, but if we just start selling them online, no you could you could imagine turning up to like London Fashion Week. <laughs> okay, now we're going a step too far. But I think if we make these T-shirts, people in Tucson might buy them. We might have more, you know, and they'll literally have never listened to a second of the podcast. They'll just want their London Paris Tucson T-shirt. I like the idea too. We can put like the skylines, <laughs> so it's like 
London, Paris, and then there's like one skyscraper. <laughs> That's it. There's one building over 20 stories in a whole downtown. <laughs> That's a uh, loose usage of the word skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, should we move on? Speaking of me coming back from the future and nailing my picks, should we move on to this week's picks? Which, if I had come back from the future, I actually wouldn't have done much better than I did last week. It was a good week. Oh, wow. It was a good week for all of us, actually, for the most part. But, so Moneyline, the worst the worst Moneyline last week was you, Frank, at 10-4. and four. Sam and I both went 11 and three damn chargers. And then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say damn bills as we all got the bills wrong. So that would have been fucking bills. That uh, one didn't hurt as bad. <laughs> but Frank, you also made managed to pull off something that's kind of extraordinary where you went 10 and four money line. You went 11 and three against the spread. Uh, nice. You then, I went nine and five against the spread. And Sam went seven and seven against the spread. So still a good week all around. How do I go eleven and three and I have a two losses in my eight for eight pool and I don't win the teaser bet? <laughs> it's unreal. So, well, so the, the Chargers uh, were one. That's why. Yeah, right? and I picked the Chargers. That's the you, killer. If you want to know what you got wrong, you got the Bucks wrong against the spread. You yeah, that was close. You, you picked the point. you got you picked the Dolphins. But you pick the Jags with the points, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of that's that's a I'm low not, blow win. Kind of the Jags keep it close. Yeah, they but that I I'm even now I'm starting to doubt that this was typed in correctly. You, you no, really, it was a hundred percent was because you said, "Wow, you're threading the needle with." Oh, and then I and then I yeah, and then it was like it's kind of the move to get and one then, of them right. Um, and I said is, they're they're going to win on the last drive. That's what I said. Uh, Oh, wow. And they did. Wait a minute. Hang on. I've got the Jags with three. And oh, yeah, you're right. That's, that's right. That's correct. Uh, you're right. You're right. Recount. You error. Recount. One error. One error. Eight and six now. All right. Nothing more thrilling than live Excel spreadsheet correction <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. So let's just, let's just move on to the overall standings. So Moneyline, I am in the lead. 62 and 32. The two of you are just behind me, tied at 61 and 33. So it is... Right where Sam likes to be. Yeah, it is very, very close. Now, against the spread, Sam, you're in last place at 47, 46, and 1. I think we should be pleased that this far into the season, we are all above 500 against the spread. I actually think Considering... that's Considering... Considering my four eleven collapse last week. No, it's not considering anything. <laughs> it's considering just this far into the season when you're picking against the spread on every game to be above five hundred is pretty impressive. I mean, you yes, if you had just placed an equal stake on all of your bets, you would be just down. But both Frank and I would be profitable by just putting equal stake on all of our picks because. I'm then in second place at 48, 45, and 1. And Frank, you have a pretty remarkable record at this stage. You are 53, 44, and 1. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
this makes me want to get back into that Vegas pool. What was it the the, the super contest? Yeah. So not a, I think maybe next year we should do the super contest. If not, I'm aware of a an equivalent that's done in the UK, which might be a little less complicated for us to take part in. And because that's more online and doesn't involve someone physically submitting your selections on a weekly basis, which is what kind of was the undoing in the super yeah. contest. But so maybe yeah, with the legalization of gambling, they might, who knows, it might be a little easier. Maybe, maybe. The downside to that would be right, a way more people would do it. What was nice about the super contest was it was big, but it wasn't obscenely huge. I wouldn't want to take part if there was ten, if suddenly there's ten thousand people in it. Yeah. On that note, Sam, do you want to move us on to our week seven picks? The weeks are flying by. Yeah. God, it's so depressing that my record is that good, that impressive, and I have no nothing to show for. Uh, well, you, you should have gone to the future. Uh, so. To kick it off, we've got the uh, Broncos at the Browns, and the Browns are one and a half point favorites. So Keenum's Browns. So Browns back-to-back losses, probably one of the most banged-up teams in the NFL at the moment against the Broncos, which, to be honest, have got pretty bad multiple injuries themselves. Where where are you thinking? I've got to be honest. I love this line. I'm all over the Browns here. I don't think Case Keenum is that big of a drop-off from an injured Baker Mayfield. And I'm, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan, but his play has clearly been pretty severely limited by the shoulder injury that he's been dealing with since, what, week two that he supposedly has had it since. So I actually don't think that that's that major. Now, their injuries elsewhere are more of a concern in terms of being down a running back, their uh, offensive line injuries those are more concerning to me than the than Keenum being in for Mayfield. But I think the thing is, is that Keenum being in for Mayfield has moved the line by several points. And so if the line, if, if Mayfield had been playing hurt, and I think the line opened originally at with the Browns as four and a half point favorites, something like that. If it had stayed around there, I would have been tempted by the Broncos, but at one and a half points, I like the Browns to get a win and to cover the spread. Yeah, I think Bridgewater is still playing for the um, uh, for the Broncos as well. And to be, the fact that he's carrying kind of multiple small injuries, I still fancy the Browns to put pressure on him. So I think it's a tough game, but I do like the line. I agree with you. So I'm taking the Browns as well um, and to cover. Yeah, I'm, I'm also on the Browns. I mean, Case Keenum is probably one of the best backups in the NFL. I think he's on like a three three-year, 10 million-plus deal. So he's, you know, I remember when he was on the Vikings and he led the Vikings into the playoffs, right? And he was the one who threw that bomb to Diggs for the win, that 61-yard pass. I'm pretty sure that was that was Casey. The, Minis- the Minnesota he's, miracle, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very solid QB. I mean, he is a bottom-level starting quarterback. So eh, I'd call him a top-level backup. I I think he I think who, he's who's than probably the bottom seven. No, okay, okay. Can all right now we're gonna have to. Who do you think the worst starting quarterback? In he's the better league than right Bridgewater. I think he's better than Bridgewater. No, no, come on. I think he's better than uh, current okay. Seattle Seahawks quarterback. But he's not their <laughs> he's real starter. Backup. I know, I know. He's a backup. name. Name five legit starters who you think he is better than. 
There's one obvious one you're missing. Ben Roethlisberger you're missing, and I think i probably take Case Keenum over Ben Roethlisberger. Now. Oh, uh, Henneke. I would take Case Keenum over Henneke in a, a second. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Yeah, I guess the debate is if he, would, is he is he the I might real take starter? Keenum over over Hertz. No, I think uh, I think I might take Case Keenum against anyone in the NFC, NFC East except Dak Prescott. <laughs> uh, this is one of those ones where we sometimes with time we don't remember. This is a little bit of the Geno Smith thing. Over time, not playing can sometimes help your reputation. And I think Case Keenum is a totally capable quarterback, but I do think there is, and again, I don't think he is a major drop-off from an injured Baker Mayfield, but I do think there is the possibility sometimes where, yeah, we we remember the Minnesota miracle, but we don't remember all of the bad performances that Case Keenum had, which is why Minnesota decided to replace him with Kirk Cousins. So... He's the NCAA leader in, I think, passing yards and touchdowns all time. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that probably means he played four years, so there's a bad sad. sign there. Well, he played for Houston, so he probably did. But, yeah, I, I, I understand the Browns are injured, but I, I think that they'll be able to beat the Broncos. I mean, I, have, I was never sold when the Broncos started out 3-0 against nobody, so I still think they're a better team than the Broncos even without Mayfield. And I mean, I think obviously Hunt and uh, Chubb are the bigger losses than Mayfield. But I still think, as Eddie said a few weeks, you can insert running back X into a good line and they'll get yards. So what's crazy is the over-unders dropped all the way to 40 now. And to me, I just still think that's a little crazy for a, a Browns team that's putting up over, what, 30 a game? Well, also their defense is really bad. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what I mean. So if, if you figure they put up 24, 27 points, I mean, I think that's a pretty clear over. I think the Browns can get that. Yeah, probably. Are you, th- are you threading the needle, Frank, by taking um, the Broncos 1.5? No, I'm taking the Browns both <laughs> Sorry. Is that one unrealistic, but the three was... <laughs> I think three is decently realistic for when teams can barely ever win a game and when another team is just losing. Yeah, I think, yeah. Three's the limit. Yeah, it is obviously the limit. Three's the limit. Three is the limit. (laughs) Well, speaking of teams that that can't win at the moment, uh, you've got the Dolphins at the Falcons. Sorry, the Falcons at the Dolphins. And the Falcons are two and a half point favorites. So... I read a, an interesting bunch of um, kind of milestones and facts about the Dolphins 2021. And it's the fact that they're allowing just under 30 points a game. They blew a 10 point lead, obviously, against the Jags, who had lost 20. Um, uh, the coach 20 had. 20 straight, uh, you mean? 20 straight, yeah. As opposed to 20 in like the franchise history, would be pretty impressive. <laughs> Um, uh, Brian Flores had a great little feat where he lost back to back challenges on, on plays, which is. Quite an interesting one. And they've traded away their first round draft pick for 2022. So are there many teams that have had a bad 2021 as the Dolphins, do you think? Or is that topping them off? Yeah, it's it's not looking good. And I think 
what I think is going to start to weigh on this team now is, again, there was talks about Deshaun Watson coming over on a trade. So, like, I, I, at this point, I feel bad for Tua. He was injured, came back, played a relatively good game last week. It wasn't his fault they lost. And now mm. he's already oh, replaced. Hold on, hold on here. Hold on. You used to. <laughs> but also, relatively good game. Like a ten point lead, and, and also it's the not, thing with no, Tua, no, 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 right? It's not, it's not even that he blew a ten point lead; they scored twenty points against the Jags. You're not going to try and tell me, oh wow, what a performance! I mean, my thing with that game was though that when you watch Tua in the pocket, he's fine. If he's if he's got a kind of a strong line, he's fine. But the second there is any sort of pressure on him, he just collapses. Like it's it's I mean, kind he, of he went tough thirty-five to see. for forty-seven, three hundred and thirty yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. That's a pretty he went decent 30, game. He went thirty-three for forty-seven. Don't try and sorry, thirty-three forty-seven. <laughs> Standard Frank line adjustment, stat adjustment there. Sorry, not three thirty, three twenty-nine with 30, two touchdowns and interception. Thirty-three for forty-seven is not incredible, and I think <laughs> no, I. But it's not Frank. Over 60%. But, but, and 327 yards. I think people still get fooled by... 329, Eddie. Typical Eddie. Cutting them short. Oh, he loved that. He loved that. Your eyes eyes lit up there. Got him. Got him. (laughs) People live in the the old world where as soon as you throw for over 300 yards, it's a pretty good quarterback performance. And the reality is, though, the bigger statement there is two touchdowns one interception so you've had two good drives and everything else has stalled and that's the bigger issue i'd rather have a quarterback who is 18 for 22 for 250 yards with three touchdown passes no interceptions that's a way better stat line i'd like to see Tua's second half performance versus first as well because <laughs> miami were moving the ball in the first or second I, I barely remember them moving the ball. But okay, so Dolphins kind of disastrous uh, start, well, team management, etc. aside. Can you take the Falcons as road favorites? You know, two out of three before the bye. Is this a pretty easy one or is that still a tricky thing to pick them? I'm going to take the Falcons, this, although this is very much a case of fool me once, shame on me. Well, shame on you. Why, what is this? I'm going to go George, George I W. Bush on you. I won't get fooled again. <laughs> uh, no, this is a this is much more a case of fool me once, shame on you. Fool me three hundred and twenty nine times, shame on me. And that's a little bit where it feels like with the Falcons. Every time I start to believe their offense looks pretty good, and last time out it was only the Jets, but then this is only the Dolphins. Last time out, their offense did start to look pretty good. A nice, a nice uh, uh, Matt Ryan performance. You had Pitts getting over 100 yards receiving. He looks unstoppable when he gets going, and so there's just that part of me that feels like maybe there's he's starting to find his feet in the NFL. Maybe this offense is starting to find a little bit of rhythm, at least against bad defenses. And so, yeah, I think I think the Falcons will win, and the Falcons will cover. Yeah, I'm with you. After kind of seeing firsthand the Dolphins, uh, I, I think the Falcons had a bit of momentum before going into their bye. So I, I, I'm happy to take them as a road favorite. Yeah, I'm also on the Falcons too. I think uh, I think Eddie's right. Pitts is getting involved now. Patterson's having a really good year. 
I think that offense is starting to get going, and I just think the Dolphins are in a free fall right now. I, I, that trade, the reemergence of those trade rumors with Watson can either go one of two ways. Either it motivates Tua, you know, and he plays a better game, or he just like the rest of his team just throws in the towel and said, if you have no faith in us, then why the hell are we going to play? So I'm going to go with the latter and I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, all right. Next up is the uh, Panthers at the Giants and the Panthers are three point favorites. I guess, Frank, over to you. I feel like I've been pretty high on the Giants in recent weeks. Um, I've taken them to at least cover a lot of the time, but I I don't like the Panthers. I don't think they're that great, but I cannot take the Giants here. They have too many injuries. I mean, they don't they don't even have a really a wide receiver right now. I think John Ross might be their number one. So um, he's a a waiver pickup. So I I just don't see them being competitive right now. Um, Daniel Jones regressed last week, probably because he still had half a concussion, and they played him anyway for no reason. But um, I'll I'll take the Panthers here, and I'll take the Panthers to cover. I just they're there's too many injuries on the Giants to their playmakers that they don't have anyone left. I saw um, I, uh, I saw a quick mismatch between the two. So the Panthers' defense is first for pass rush win rate, and the Giants are 27 for pass blocking success rate as well. So that was kind of an interesting match. So I, I think uh, I'm, I'm going with the Panthers on the points. I think Frank's point's correct about kind of the injuries as well. But I, I just... The, the game against the Vikings was interesting, right? Because the Panthers had eight drops. Now, I, I don't know if that's specifically like a really bad thing or just a wasted opportunity in a single game. But even if they just convert that slightly, the three points looks really decent here. When it comes to the Panthers, I have one simple rule. If Christian McCaffrey isn't there, I want no part of them. And looks like Christian McCaffrey is missing this week. I want no part of the Panthers. To me, I, I could have almost all wow. the Giants sitting out and would be fine. That is a one-man team they're playing against, and that man is missing. So I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants with the points. I don't, I don't think the Giants are great, but they have shown in they have shown an ability most of the time to keep games close, and they got some fight in them. And I think overall they're probably kind of a better team than the Panthers. The difference maker would be McCaffrey, and he's not there. Yeah, I mean, I, I normally would agree, but I think, you know, you have Barkley's out, Kenny Galladay's out, Darius Slayton's out, Kadarius Tony's out, and Andrew Thomas are out. So you have... Your- Frank, Frank, I just want to tell you, telling me, Bar- out. telling me Barkley's out, you may as well, you may as well say, Eddie's not playing for the Giants this week. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't need to be a news update. Even if he was playing, he he's not very effective anymore anyway, so... I'm all right with Barkley missing. He's been missing for two and a half years. All right. Next up is uh, Bengals at the Ravens. And the Ravens are six and a half point favorites. Um, I I had an interesting stat about them. Uh, So uh, they're 30 and eight since the um, start of the 2019 season. And they've outscored their opponents by 469 points during that time. Do you know who the next best is and how close they are? Like, just I, I appreciate you're probably not going to get the exact right one, but what, what year did you say? Since the start of the 2019, so two um, and a, two and nearly half. And and the next best in record or the next best in points differential? Next best in points differential. I'll go Bills. I'll go Chiefs. 
It's the Saints, but it's yeah, two hundred. But it's two hundred ninety-eight. So it means that the Ravens still ahead by like one hundred seventy. Um, look, I'm a bit. I, I I like the Bengals. I think they're they're a pretty understated defense at the moment. And I think you know what, if they come out really competitive in this and even win it. I, I think you could be looking at a really competitive Bengals team for the rest of the season, but I don't know how anyone could bet against the Ravens after that Chargers win and what they're doing at the moment. And I think six and a half is actually a little bit generous to keep it below a touchdown. So um, it, it, it's kind of unfortunate. I hope the Bengals keep it close, but I can't really see it with the Ravens. So I'll take them in the points. I'll be super see. quick. I'm taking the Ravens and the Ravens to cover. Nothing else to add. Way better team. See, but that's what scares me with Sam said about how well they manhandled the Chargers. This is then that game that scares me where there's like a drop back to reality and you let the Bengals hang in. I think the Ravens will win. They outscored the Bengals 65 to 6 in their last meet, two meetings last year. So they dismantled them last year. But I actually think the Bengals will keep this close. The Ravens don't have a good pass defense and that's all Cincinnati does on offense is pass. So I think they can keep it close in a shootout. So I'll 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 take the one score and take the Ravens with the uh, the Bengals with the points. Okay. Next up, uh, Chiefs at the Titans, and the Chiefs are five and a half point favorites. I don't know what to do here. I mean, this is not easy. What's how many how many yards per carry are we going to see a running back average in this game? Forty five. I mean, this this what's, could be what's higher, his uh, Henry's yards per carry or Mahomes's uh, yards per completion. <laughs> I'll take Mahomes's yards per completion. I would probably take Henry over yards per attempt. Per attempt. <laughs> that would be an interesting bet. That would be, but yeah. Like I'm going to take the Chiefs just because this Titans defense isn't that good, and so I think it will be a bit of a shootout. But they'll, I think the Chiefs will just be able to score on pretty much every possession, assuming you don't have Mahomes doing really dumb things, and that will put pressure on the Titans. Even though, like they can't rely on having 75 yard runs to have their run game be effective, but also not take too long in terms of the drives, if you see what I mean. And for those reasons alone, I'll take the I'll take the Chiefs to win and to cover. And I, I'm fully preparing myself for the Chiefs to now maybe beat the Titans comfortably. And on the back of last week and the Titans beating the Bills, for then the storyline next week to be the Chiefs are back. Like I'm fully prepared for this is how it will and people will forget that the Titans kind of aren't that good but because it's a team that's been consistently in the playoffs a team that's won playoff games a team that beat the bills a week ago it's going to be very easy to suddenly oh wow the chiefs are they the best team in the nfl no but they will win and they will cover you're right eddie the the titans did beat the bills last week and the week before that they lost the fucking Jets. So how how consistent is this team? I will go with the Chiefs to win and the Chiefs to cover. The Chiefs are back. Oh, damn, that's the overreactions coming through. Um, 
Do you think the 28 rushing touchdowns in a single season is in play for Henry here? Uh, to kind of uh, get the NFL record in this game alone, yeah, Maybe. just the, just this one moment, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's got what he's got seven right now. Ten. He's got ten rushing touchdowns right now. So, and he's played. He's got eleven games left. So he's on course to break the record. I mean, it's always one of those things, right? All these records are going to be broken because there's an extra game. And if the Titans need him in every game, which based on the way their season is currently going, that seems like a strong possibility that they won't have the luxury of benching him in week 18. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he should break every record this season, right? He should break the, the rushing record as well. He's got nearly 800 yards. And again, he's got 11 games left. So it's crazy. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but the Titans to keep it close. I, I don't think really this Titans defense has much of a shot at stopping Mahomes, but I do think the Titans are more than capable of scoring kind of like 30s. Uh, Henry's averaging about 130 yards a game at the moment. And I just think if they keep that going, they'll score points against this Chiefs defense. So I'm taking the Chiefs, but I'll take the five and a half with the Titans. All right, next up is the Jets at the Patriots, and the Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'll be quick. I see no reason why they should reverse form here, right? Uh, so I think the Patriots will win. The Patriots will cover. I don't think the Patriots are that good, but they're good enough to beat bad teams. And Dolphins aside in week one, which is a game they should have won anyway. But yeah, I think I think they win. I think they cover. Yeah, same. I mean, it was 25 to 6 the first time they played, so I don't think much else is going to happen. Although I would love to see the Patriots just keep losing. It it just makes me happy to see Belichick just be more and more miserable. So, uh, but yeah, I'll go I'll go Patriots to win in the cover. That is an area where you and I are very different. Like I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a huge Belichick fan, but I do have a lot of respect for him as being arguably the greatest NFL coach of all time. And I don't want to see him just sort of limp to the finish line on his career. Well, I, I mean, my thing is if, if he's going to be who he is, then he has to take it. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> wow. Uh, Sam says that to guys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've got nothing really to add there. I think the Patriots will win. I think the Jets have only scored over twenty points once this season, and I, uh, you know, I know the Patriots have their problems with scoring, but with the six and a half, I don't think that'll be too much of an issue. So yeah, I'll take them. Um, Eddie, is that your least watched game of the week, <laughs> or is it the Giants Panthers? Ah. <laughs> uh... I'll tell you what, there's quite a few that are are competing for the I don't want to see a second of them this week. I would say it's probably Falcons-Dolphins. But honestly, I don't want to see any of the Falcons-Dolphins. I don't want to see any of the Panthers-Giants. I don't want to see any of the Eagles against the Raiders. And I honestly don't even really want to see any of 
some of the games with the good teams because they're playing. I don't really want to see any of the. I don't so really want to see we, any of the Rams against the Lions. So you Do just want to watch? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess I we'll kind of <laughs> just. Guys, I don't. I think I don't like the NFL anymore. Um, Washington at Green Bay, and Green Bay are seven and a half point favorites. Um, question I saw a lot recently was that should Kyle Allen be playing for Washington instead of Heineke at the moment? I was curious if you've seen that about the idea of like, getting. That doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah, I mean, who, does it matter? Who cares? Do, I don't even think either of them care. I think, like, <laughs> you know, what does it matter? The, the Washington's bad. They're going to be bad with whoever they put a quarterback or they have available to them. Their defense isn't even that good, which is what they kind of relied on last year was their defense was pretty much elite. And this year it's pretty terrible. I think it's lost. So in points allowed. No, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it, it's not, not that good. It's fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> They're 29th in DVOA and they're letting up 310 yards per game passing. Mahomes is the first quarterback in over a month to not throw for four touchdowns. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, my yeah. This is my survivor pick of the week. I'm riding the Packers this week, hoping to get them. They get me over the line for week seven. And uh, again, it's kind of more of a don't believe in Washington pick than it is a Packers pick because I think Packers are the bottom of the good teams in that kind of divide, and so I don't love them, but. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers should have a great, great, great day, and they should put up a lot of yards, score a lot of points, and I don't see how Washington can keep up with them. Yeah, I think this is a Rodgers 350 and 5 TDs kind of game, and Green Bay is 5-0 and straight up and against the spread since that week one meltdown, so they're, they are on fire. I'll give them that, um, and they're playing a team that I have no faith in, and their defense looks stinky so i'll take green bay to win and green bay to cover yeah pretty easy this one i think it's quite easy though with that washington defense last season to overthink it but it's just pointless so i'll take the packers and the the points as well so we've got quite a few pretty uh heavy spread favorites coming up and this is the first of them so you've got uh, the lions at the rams and the rams are 15 point favorites uh anything that makes you think that Goff is going to pull something special here to keep it close? Or? No, I mean, obviously this is a big one for him. This is him playing against his old team, so he does have a kind of a point to prove, but then there's also well, already talk in Detroit. Why? Isn't it also the other way, too? <laughs> Stafford playing against his old team? <laughs> True. Yeah, I think... <laughs> here's the difference is, I don't think Stafford has a point to prove against Detroit. Because he, whilst they never were very successful he statistically and individually had a lot of good years so i don't think detroit fans left with stafford i don't think they saw stafford leave and think he sucks whereas i think a lot of rams fans will have felt we probably would have won a super bowl if we had a better quarterback over the past four years and i mean and i think stafford's a little overrated i don't think he was that big of an upgrade on golf but he is an upgrade but i'm going to take the Rams obviously to win. I think they'll cover. They score a lot of points. Their offense—I I still don't totally trust Matthew Stafford, but you know their offense at times looks unstoppable. And the big reason I'm going to take 
the big reason I'm going to take them is because when you look at the Lions this year, okay, they scored 33 points in week one against the Niners, but then most of those points came in the final, what, 250 seconds when the Niners kind of took their foot off the gas and onside kicks were recovered and things got a little crazy. Since then, it's 17 points, 17 points, 14 points, 17 points, 11 points. So if you're telling me that there's pretty much no way this Lions team is going to score 20 points, I think it's almost guaranteed that this Rams point, this Rams team scores 35 plus against this Lions team. So I'll take the minus 15. The, the thing that worries me is exactly that point is like, do the Rams just take their foot up the gas up by like 28? And then with the four minutes left, the Lions score like two really, really soft touchdowns. And all of a sudden you're looking at like 14 points. Probably not. It's, it's, it's almost certainly not going to happen. Um, I, I, I'm taking the Rams and to cover this one as well. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams to win, the Rams to cover. My question was, does Goff throw for more TDs to Rams or to the Lions? <laughs> well, the Lions. You sure? Yeah, I think he'll throw two touchdown passes. And I mean, I don't think he's going to throw a pick six. But he's definitely not going to throw two pick sixes. I mean, I'm not betting my life. Betting that now. <laughs> I'm not betting my life on it. I'm just saying it would. Yeah, I don't think he does it. He's not Matt Schaub. What what a burn on Matt! What an unnecessary burn on Matt Schaub! What has Matt Schaub done to you in the past five years that deserved that? He has not done anything apart from throw a lot of pick sixes. I mean, that was that was his, that was the end of his Texans career. Right? It was just him throwing to the wrong team. Poor Matt Schaub just found a podcast that no one rips on him and is listening to us. And it's just like, God damn it! Get are we <laughs> are we the only one that doesn't? So he's listening yes. to like true crime podcasts and they're still ripping on Matt Schaub during them. <laughs> yeah. I just listened to Crime Junkie last week. They said they had an episode where they said Matt Schaub was trash. So your Rams can cover, Frank. Uh, next up is the Eagles at the Raiders. And the Raiders are three-point favorites. I think the Raiders are a pretty decent team. I don't think the Eagles are good. So I take, I'll take the Raiders to win and to cover. And again, I feel like these lines said it last week where I felt like it was overreacting to the Gruden news. And then the Raiders had a bit of a statement win. I think this is still kind of overreacting to the idea that the Raiders are a team in disarray. And I think fundamentally, they're the best of... I'm going to put them... If I put the Packers towards the bottom of the good teams, the Raiders are the top of the bad teams. And they'll, I think they'll beat the Eagles. Top, top of the bad teams at four and two. <laughs> yeah, but, you know... It's not record that I'm judging that on. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think this line is a little strange to me. I've watched the Eagles a few times this year, and their offense just does not look good, and the Raiders will put up points, so the Eagles need to keep pace, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer at QB to keep pace. So I'll take the Raiders to win, Raiders to cover. Um. I, I agreed with you on the, the, the line. It, it kind of confused me a little bit. But when I kind of looked into some of the stats behind it, it was quite interesting that um, the Raiders have produced 
34 20 yard plus uh plays which is um uh, tied for the most in the NFL and the Eagles have given up only 15 20 yard plus plays which is the second fewest so it's kind of interesting that the Raiders philosophy of kind of like explosive downfield plays is pretty much if if you go by those standards it's kind of offset by the Eagles um it's kind of interesting. It's really a case of like, do you trust the Raiders offense to go through that stat more than the Eagles defense? I'm kind of inclined to say yes. So I'll take the Raiders into cover as well. Uh, another big spread. You've got Bears at the Bucks, and the Bucks are 12 and a half point favorites. I don't really have much on this one. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks to win. Obviously, and I'm gonna go with the Bucks to cover. I'm not super confident. It's kind of high, but I just feel if the Bucks can get to an early lead, Justin Fields right now isn't capable of having to be relied upon to kind of get them back into the game. So I think if the Bucks go up 14 nothing and then Fields has to start throwing and scrambling and doing too much, he's not gonna be able to yet. So I think the the Bucks can cover. I'll be quick. I'm going to take the Bucks to win, but I'm going to take the Bears with the points. Just there's this Bucks secondary is so depleted that I think the Bears will be able to score some points. So very confident, obviously, that the Bucks will win. But twelve and a half points is a decent chunk, and you know the Bears losing by ten seems entirely realistic to me. So I'll take the Bears with the points. Yeah, I um, well, I'm actually going to go with Eddie. I I think the Bucks will win, but the points are a little bit too much for me to take. Um, interestingly enough, I I saw that um, the Bears are actually through six games are uh, tenth in points allowed, so they don't allow many, even if they don't look overly competitive when it comes to offense. Um, but I think they can keep it kind of close enough for twelve and a half. So yeah, I'll take the Bucks to win, but um, the Bears to kind of keep it closer than that. And now the biggest spread is the, um, what do you call them? The Texans at the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are 17 and a half point favorites. All right, Eddie, you ready for my stat of the day for you? The meaningful, meaningless stat of the day? Yeah. For the first time ever, the Arizona Cardinals are favored to win a game by more than two scores. That's kind of surprising. It's a big spread, and you don't see that many. I assume they have to go 17-plus because I guess they're – what are they considering two scores? Yeah. Two like, – 16 points. So 16-and-a-half-plus. Yeah. You don't see that many spreads of that size over the course of the season, even though we have – I've had a few in recent weeks. But this is the – I guess it's kind of – This is the second highest of the season. Do you know the other game and what happened in it? They covered. <laughs> no, they got blown by the Bills 40 nil with an 18 and a half spread. They got blown yeah, by the Bills. That's what I mean. They got blown by Bill. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they borderline did get blown. <laughs> they got blown by a 40 year old guy called Bill. <laughs> Belichick? <laughs> He's way older than 40. Oh. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a That's problem. That's the most with it. sophisticated our humor has ever been. Yeah, it's fantastic. 
Um, I was going to say maybe Bill O'Brien came back. <laughs> I'm going to take the. I, I'll keep. I'm going to take the Cardinals, but I'm not going to take them to cover the spread. The spread's just too high. I'm just going to take the points when it gets this high, because it just is one of those situations where a couple touchdowns, you know, they're they're up. Even if they're up 17 going into the fourth quarter, that's just going to be the approaching a moment where they start benching people, not calling plays that they want to show later in the season. So I think I'll just take the I'll take the points. I might regret it when the Cardinals are up by 35, but I'll, I'll take the points. I'll go the opposite. I'll take Cardinals to win. Cardinals with the points. Yeah, this could be. That's not the 30. opposite. Frank's taking Cardinals minus the points, but Texans to win. <laughs> no, I think the Cardinals uh, straight up is pretty obvious. There are my survivor picks, so. Uh, I'm with Frank. I'll take the Cardinals into cover. I, I, I like it. So, uh, Colts at the 49ers, and the 49ers are four-point favorites. That's yeah, a little bit hard. It's always hard to judge these teams coming off buys. It's a little bit, you kind of don't feel like you have a consistent read on them. Don't know, not quite sure where they stand. I think it's always a little bit tougher. I'm going to take, I just don't think the Colts are that good, to be honest. Their run game is a little bit scary, but then this Niners defense is pretty good and they're able to really load the box up and they've got run stoppers in their defensive line. So I'm going to take the Niners to win, Niners to cover. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going the opposite. I'm taking the Colts. I worry about the Niners coming off the bye because Shanahan, I've said it all the time, he's a really good coach, so they're going to be really well prepared. But I just think the Colts are a little better than their record indicates. And if they can take the Ravens down to the wire, I think they can beat the Niners. And I think this could be the last time we see Jimmy G as the starter. Um. Yeah, I I wrestle with this one because Eddie's right. The the Colts kind of running. Uh, what is it? Uh, Taylor. Um, he's kind of for running backs that have av- had fifty attempts or more. He's averaging five and a half yards a carry, so it's pretty devastating. And I think um, I don't know. I just think the Forty ers offensive line will have a pretty tough time against them. So I I think I'm going to take the Colts. I'll take the Colts to win. Eddie, if the Colts do win, is it? Jimmy G's last game. Is he gone after this game if they lose? Not gone off the team, but is he no longer the starter? Uh, I guess it would depend on the nature of the defeat. Are you telling me he has like an okay game and it's a close loss or he looks really bad? He goes average Jimmy G, like 230 yards, has decent completions, but it all check downs. And an interception. Uh, I think, well, look, it's going to be a big decision because they play the Bears the following week and then they have the Cardinals and the Rams. So you, you have to make a decision probably before the Bears game as to who is going to play against the Cardinals and the Rams because you can't, you know, you can't let Garoppolo play the Colts against the Colts and the Bears and then say, no, that wasn't good enough. Here, Trey Lance, come in against one, two of the best teams in the NFL. So... Maybe. I think that might mean it would could be his last game. But the fact that they've so confidently put him back in, 
uh, I don't know. I think the real question is, and I don't want this. I think Shanahan's a really good coach, but I do think if they lose this game, you might start to see those, are we sure Shanahan's a good coach discussions? And are we, should Shanahan, should the Niners be considering changing their head coach? Because maybe he, Shanahan just sort of caught lightning in a bottle early on in his at his time with the Niners, but maybe long-term doesn't have the decision-making skills and the scheming skills for individual games to get them wins against inferior opposition, which a lot of the time it has been. I'm not saying I, I, I hope they keep Shanahan for the foreseeable future, but I think that's a conversation that will probably start happening if they lose this game. Isn't he like a quarterback whisperer though? Especially with Trey Lance, I think it'd be kind of dumb to get rid of him when you have a, a QB that's so raw that would need that development from a good coach like Shanahan. Supposedly he's a quarterback whisperer. Yeah. Um, and he's an offensive genius, right? Like, I mean, when you look at what he did with the Falcons, but uh, look, I'm, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, and I'm not trying to do those things people are saying, but I'm not saying as a way of me floating the idea out so that seven weeks from now I can change to it and say, I sort of, was there on the early on the discussion. I, I just think it's the nature of the NFL. If you start, if they lose this game, their playoff hopes are gone, I would say. So when you then start to talk about a team that made the Super Bowl and probably should have won that, what in the position that they were in against the chiefs in the fourth quarter should have won that Super Bowl, And then to fall off a cliff since then, if they then have two consecutive seasons without even making the playoffs, then you're always going to have discussions start about is this head coach good enough in the long term? And last up is the Saints at the Seahawks and the Saints are four and a half point favorites. I was tempted to have the Saints as my survivor pick this week because I just couldn't think of when else I was going to take them. But I just cannot trust Jameis Winston. And I was unwilling to put my life in his hands in any way, shape, or form. And I think that the Saints will win. Your life. It's a survivor pool. <laughs> it's not It's not like Squid Game. It's not if you lose a survivor pool. Hey. They come and shoot you in the head. <laughs> have you seen the rules of my survivor? Clue, clue, clues in happens. the name, Frank. It's clues in the name. Survivor it pool. Is, it is. Every person in the every... no that we should spin it. We should spin that off. Went to like a kind well, of Hunger Games style you... survivor pick where if you lose you get like Squid Game, but we call it Survivor Game. <laughs> okay, you you do we use Koreans? Do you work for Netflix with those kind of naming genius that you have there? <laughs> How about we call it Survivor Squid Game? <laughs> well, we can't call it Survivor because that's already taken, guys. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, yeah, uh, I, I'll take the I'll take the Saints to win to cover, and uh, this is an this is entirely a, I don't think the Seahawks are good, and I don't think Geno Smith can have four good quarters. Yeah, he, well, if he can't have four, he definitely can't have five good quarters. <laughs> he proved that <laughs> convincingly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'll take the Saints to win and the Saints to cover. Coming off a bye, uh, they're starting to get healthier 
uh, a lot of their injured players are coming back. And I still think they're a, a pretty good team. I think we forget about them a lot, but their defense is really strong. And as long as Winston just doesn't have stupid turnovers, they're, they can pull away on games. So I'll take the Saints. Yeah, it's a little bit awkward taking Winston kind of on a, a kind of covering a number on a road. But I think um, the stat I saw was that the Saints, four of their five games have been decided by 10 points or more. And I think against kind of Smith and the Seahawks, all it's going to take is for them to turn up. And I think the Saints can win this pretty convincingly. So I like the four and a half. So yeah, I'll take the Saints into cover as well. But yeah, I guess now we can move on to the bet of the week. And there has been something of a changing of the guard in the bet of the week. Frank, you could not pick a winner if your life depended on it for the first six weeks. Five weeks, sorry. You just loser, 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 loser. But we, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're not. Pull me five I'm, losers. That was a six. That was a six loser you threw in there. That was, Does that mean I lost? That was just you. It's just, (laughs) but week six, you came up with a winner chiefs, Cowboys and Packers against the spread. Got to say the fact that the Cowboys covered the spread, you got really lucky there, but, uh, you put 10,000 on it. You won, you got back 68,000. So you have gone into profit for the year. You are up to 108,000. I cannot believe it's the first week I didn't actually place my bet of the uh, week. Every week I've been doing it, and I just I forgot on Sunday what it was specifically, <laughs> and then I just didn't put it in. And I'm so mad now. <laughs> now, oh, that's frustrating. Your win means you've overtaken Sam, who his bet was looking good until Monday. He had Chiefs, Rams, Cowboys, and Bills, so the Bills let him down there, meaning that he lost twenty thousand, and he's now down to seventy thousand. And I had a winner with the Packers, Rams, Cowboys, and Chiefs, which means I'm now up to 160,681. Nice work. I'm pretty pleased overall with my bet of the week. I mean, the real downer, right, is I got up to a similar figure earlier on when I was on 156,000, and then I lost 56,000 when the Chiefs lost uh, to the Chargers. So I've kind of been here before. I'm hoping to not make the same mistake twice. But that being said, I'm putting my putting the Chiefs in my bed of the week. So I might be about to make the same exact same mistake twice. So I'm going to do my bed of the week. I am going to put on 23,681 just to give put me back down to a round number. It is going to be a four-team parlay or a four-fold accumulator. It's going to be all money line, Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, and Patriots. And that pays 3.24. All right. Well, I'm starting to get into Frank's territory last week. So I'm going to put 20000 on this one. It pays 2.87. And it includes the Packers money line, Patriots money line, Ravens money line, Sri Lanka in the T20 World Cup. And Ireland in the T20 World Cup, which starts tomorrow. So uh, Ireland are playing Namibia in the opener. And uh, Sri Lanka are playing the Netherlands. So uh, Sri Lanka are pretty heavy favourites at 1-7. to seven. Ireland pretty close at 1-2. to two, But um, I, th- I think they're a pretty good outfit. So, yep, that pays 2.87. And I'm putting 20 Gs on it. You know, Frank, the other thing to mention about your bet of the week is 
just once you started avoiding college football, you also <laughs> won. We said he couldn't put college football in anymore, and he didn't have any college football in, and college football didn't let you down. Guess what, Eddie? <laughs> no, no, you're, no, not, you're, you're not allowed. No, 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 no. You lost. You lost the rights to bet on college football. The whole we had the rule that if if you lost your last if you lost your last bet, college football is it's off for the season. It wasn't a one week hiatus. But I really like this one. They really liked. Do you know what? So far, do you know who you've really liked? You really liked Penn State against. Who was that? Iowa. Listen, they that lost. is a bullshit game. <laughs> you really, you really liked Notre Dame. Who was that against? Uh, like Nebraska Oregon. or someone? You liked, liked Oregon, Cincinnati. Yeah, you really liked the before. Then you really liked Notre Dame the year before, plus six. The week before, plus six and a half points. That lost for you too. That was Cincinnati. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you've can really I do one more. No, you can't. You lost the rights. How much? Really how, wait, wait, wait. How much do you want to put on him? I, I'm just no, asking. He doesn't I get just to want to talk to him, Eddie. I just want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to put. All right, you can 20, put fifty-five thousand on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, because he'll do it. Because there's nothing to lose here. And then he'll just tell us he was right. This is this is very much the thing that sucks about this is this, he'll probably end up the college football will probably end up winning, and then even if the rest of his bet loses, he'll he'll claim college football is back. <laughs> college football is off the table for the remainder of the year. I don't care when he gets to college football playoffs. I don't care what it is. You've lost. You've lost it. You're just damaging your reputation. Ball. That's ball. It's unfortunate because I'm actually, that's the only bets I actually win on the weekend or my college football. Picks. <laughs> but you see, these are all the things listeners don't have, but, but but these are all things that listeners don't have access to. What they do have access to is you listening to your reasoning and listening to you being 53, 44, and one against spread in the NFL. And then they've listened to you pick three losers in college football. So. All right. All right. All right. I'll stick to. What worked last week with a treble against the spread. And I'll go the Chiefs against the spread, minus five. Five Green Bay against the spread, point seven five. and a half. Uh, my bet 365 says five right now. Okay. Chiefs. Chiefs against the spread, Packers against the spread, and the Raiders against the spread. I'll give him... Bet365 currently, the official bookmaker of the Big Chill podcast, has the Chief, the line is now Chiefs minus five. So what is it? Chiefs against the spread. Sam, did you get my invitation, by the way? Hold on. Can to we can suck we... it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't real, realize you need Eddie to fight your battles. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Uh... So what is the bet? Chiefs the Chiefs against the spread, <laughs> Packers against the spread, Raiders against the spread. Okay. So for accounting purposes here, that is Chiefs minus five, Packers minus seven point five, and Raven you said Raiders? Raiders. Raiders minus three. And that pays six point nine five. And it would be Oregon if I could put them in there. 
but I will not put them in there, and I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to make the same bet. <laughs> How much? Sorry. 20000 Can we just be clear on this on record now? Had you been able to include Oregon, your bet would have been exactly the same, but with Oregon. You're muted. I need you to say this out loud. Yes. Okay. I just want that to be on record so that if this bet loses, you don't turn around and say, but Oregon won and I would have done something. I would have left out the Raiders. But now we know if this bet loses, it would have lost anyway. All right. All right. Well, anything else from the week? I don't got much, but I I heard that I have, might have a backdoor invite into a future Back wedding. That was one way of putting it. <laughs> So can I get the details of how I can attend one of our listeners' wedding? Yeah. That's the suggestive Gruden's having a field. Which I am not involved well, to. I'm still You've got quite, time quite to woo me. <laughs> like, so So I can go yeah, as But you have to commit one. to the plus one. You can't just get there and like Oh, what you have to be a homosexual for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> can he not be bisexual for the weekend no Does no no have to completely <laughs> no one there's no one else we're like committed relationship homosexual here okay all right Wait, a committed relationship this would be our first date i'm not gonna commit wow to i'm you learning about frank <laughs> okay well, Sam, if there's anything we know about you, you you are not in committed relationships there for the first date either. So don't try and oh, he doesn't like that one. Eh, really. Don't mind it. It just kind of hits home when it's true, right? <laughs> so like if if I went, would I be would I be introduced as like this is Sam and Sam's friend Frank, or would it be Sam's date Frank, or would it be Sam's boyfriend Frank? Partner. <laughs> oh, the really gay term. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kills. That gives me just chills. <laughs> the only thing that could be worse than partner is if you like remove any title and you just say this is Sam's Frank. <laughs> That's no, like the no partner's one. worse. Partner, I can't stand partner. I understand why people use it because it becomes awkward to use boyfriend or girlfriend when you're not teenagers. So I do get that it makes it a little complicated, but I hate the my, term my partner. My two-son lover. But I also need to say, and I don't, I don't just need to make this clear, every time I worry that we get new listeners and then they listen to like this kind of debate and think we're having this really childish homophobic discussion in which it's oh won't it be funny you'll be sam's plus one but it's worth saying that sam you are actually gay not that this needs to be but i do always have this concern that someone will be listening and have no context and just no but you see what i mean i just every once in a while i i hear i kind of re-listen to our conversation i think if someone has no idea they haven't listened to a few episodes so, they aren't aware so what you're saying is you have I a think... tendency to be come across as homophobic on the podcast is that what you're saying 
I think even you could potentially come across as homophobic if you didn't have the context of knowing <laughs> that you're gay. That's what I'm saying, that out of context, a lot of things can sound really bad. Because making a joke about you sleeping with men can come across as being a homophobic joke as if we're ma- telling you, we're like, that's gay kind of joke versus, oh no, you actually sleep with men. <laughs> like that's, that's the, that's the point. I mean, maybe we'll have to start each podcast. A, d- a, a, disclaimer, a disclaimer about our like, views to- and our preferences and our orientations. And just so they yes. know that the conversation is you know, like, above board. Yeah, welcome to the Big Chill Podcast. You're listening to episode 333, and Sam's still gay. <laughs> See, but the thing I do and do like about this arrangement is I won't be sitting next to you at the table. Yes, you will. Probably not. We, well, no, you definitely, actually, you we've, definitely wouldn't. We've be. talked about this, you know, like the English system. But in in weddings, I would not be sitting next to you. And in particular with Sam, you wouldn't be because Sam is an usher. So you definitely, you wouldn't even be on the same table. I have an unconfirmed report that you would be sat next to me. Oh, but does that throw them off the scent then? Then they don't think you're together. Yeah. No, I I would lean into it. For instance, when Sam's ushering, I would get up and like stand up and take pictures and be like, "That's my Sam. Sam, look over here." Wait, are if you? You want to play that game? I can play that game too. Wait, no, 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 no. Hang on, Frank. You. Frank, you if you want to play a game of chicken to do with homosexuality <laughs> with me, you will lose. You will lose very badly. Oh, he might not. <laughs> This is what Frank's been waiting for. Oh, I'll put it in my mouth. Oh, you think I won't put it in my mouth? I'll put it in my mouth. (laughs) All I need is a five-minute talk with our friend Tim, and and this game of chicken is going to end really badly for you, Sam. Also, Also, can we also just say, you pretending to be gay at a wedding is you pretending to be like a 98-year-old grandmother being like, How do I turn on the iPhone? (laughs) Oh, look how pretty Sam looks. He's such a cute little boy now. I'm actually going against this now. (laughs) I might just find someone else. In the very least, you'd have to take like a picture of you two kissing. Well, I thought I was going to say it's a picture because you and I have pictures together at weddings. So. Oh, <laughs> because I oh, think how dare taking a Frank. picture together? How dare <laughs> The way we took that picture together. <laughs> what, with his penis questionable. in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, that we was... have the classic prom pose. <laughs> yeah, but that was a joke. It would have to be like a pucker kiss photo, Frank. And by that, he means kissing your pucker. <laughs> <laughs> Could you put the camera a little bit lower, please? (laughs) Bend over and spread, please, Frank. It's time for the wedding photo. If we did have some new listeners, they are gone now. All right. Um, Anything else, then? I'll think about it. What part? (laughs) All of it, Sam. Don't don't even care about the wedding. Don't even care about the wedding wedding. anymore. No. Do do I still have to even go to the wedding part of it? That doesn't interest me. (laughs) Just want to be a couple. All right. Well, on that note, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Cheerio.